Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us on the How to Pakistan podcast. My name is Musharraf Zaidi and I'm joined here as usual by the one, the only, the great Fazi Zaka. Thank you so much. So it's great to be here and today we're going to have a relatively broad discussion on can we actually discuss anything normally anymore? Uh, well, we could, but I, you, apparently you keep interrupting me and don't let me speak on this podcast. So how can <laughs> did you? See, I, I tweeted you the, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. What laughs> was the that? hashtag. What was that in reference to? I don't know, but it was probably just in reference to the whole corpus of How to Pakistan. Yeah. Let Fussy speak. <laughs> let Fussy speak. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, People need to trend that because I'll only get my freedom... Madiba If Chaudhary Nassan looks at it Why is he not allowed to speak So anyhow So let's open No I disagree Absolutely So how No but in my experience Oh man So now, uh, how we decided to do this episode is we were speaking about the Kulbushan Jadav case. And here's the interesting background to this. The interesting background to this is, is that we went into this like it was not the ICJ, but some ICC match, right? <laughs> like everyone was like, he's going to do this and that. And uh, this, this is something I've said before is that we built up expectations to this extent that the only win would have been is if the chief justice of the ICJ, right, said within the first sentence, I give damn to you, Harish Shalva. This application tears it up, throws it in his face. He drops the mic and all 12 walk out, right? <laughs> no, no, like no. anything less than that was not good enough. No, no, there was one thing that could have topped that. What? <laughs> the chief justice stands up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to make an announcement. Yeah. Pakistan <laughs> and then all the judges right yeah and then everybody walks out yeah and you know they turn their robes into you know hijabs and you yeah, know, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're right uh, that, that's what we were looking for yeah that would have been awesome no he, so here's the uh, by the way I I would I would have loved that yeah I know and I know that you you know liberal secular types you yeah. know you would have been all sad it would have been such a great moment for Pakistanian I agree <laughs> these guys you know would you and we would have needed a premonition of some sort that the case was going in our favor when the judge offered two Mixed tea and ladders. Give me some ladders or ladu kare or India ki paper part. No, no, when chai mein jab dood dala, to wo chand sitara ban gaya. And then he Instagrams it. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he calls it, he calls it moment tweet. <laughs> Hashtag moment, moment tweet. tweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Juma Mubarak. So, yeah. So anyhow, we were... By the way, there's the Ramadan Kareem is about to happen. So yes, you know I'm excited about that. Absolutely. 
But do you think we're, we're going to be able to record anything? You know, because I know it's a tough month for you. Because, Very tough. Because the pronunciation of the word is, it's such a, it's, it's. You know, Why are you guys making things difficult over time? I just don't get it. I learned them 20 years ago. I should be able to use them until I die. <laughs> The the best the uh, the best conversation. Dude, it's it ain't, it's not Z, dude. It's duad. It's duad. In, in in Arabic, wallah wallah the 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 letter that we're dealing with is duad. Now in Urdu, it's what is it in Urdu? Zoe. You also have some Kulbashan type. No, 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 it's Zoe. Now it's out. No, no, I'm the Arabic, I'm the Arabic Kulbashan. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's Duad in Arabic and it's Sin, Shin, Suad, Duad is the Arabic. And that Duad is not pronounced Duad, it's pronounced Zwad. So, for example, a lot of Pakistanis, when they read the name of the capital of Saudi Arabia, what do they say? Riyadh. No, Pakistanis. Who 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 read? Riyadh. No, they always say Riyaz. Ah, Riyadh. Ajkal kahan hai? Ajkal Riyaz mein. Ah, yes, yes, yes. You've heard that, yeah, yeah. And of course, you being Pakhtun, I'm assuming you you know a few people that are in Saudi. I got my sunglasses from there. So so you know. Gold rim, the old words. Oh, beautiful. Reflector. So it's that's the distinction. It's yeah. it's the Zoe yeah. and it's the Duad. Now, there's a bunch of people that are a little bit more assertive than they should be yeah. about the Duad. And in reaction to 35 years of inorganic and synthetic uh proselytizing. Yeah. Is a good word. Yeah. A, some brothers are like a little more a little more sensitive than they need to yeah. be about the about the zoe like yeah. and it's actually not that big a deal yeah. if we're from here and we speak urdu or yeah. pashto or whatever yeah. uh, whatever other yeah. local regional languages yeah. vernaculars there may be yeah. and it's zoe then it's perfectly legit for those people to say riyaz and to say ramzan yeah in fact because it's a the word ramzan the word ramadan has been appropriated by persio urdu culture or persio pakistani culture therefore ramzan is a legitimate proper noun now in yeah. fact you know again being from the great northwest frontier province guess yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that then ramzan is is a name yeah. and of course it's it's probably more popular name in the punjab but yeah. the point being Ramzan is, yeah. is totally cool. Yeah. However, if somebody is out of devotional, uh, devotional aggression yeah. or devotional assertiveness yeah. or even just plain old devotion, yeah. insisting on saying Ramzan, yeah. uh, sorry, Ramadan, yeah. uh, that's okay too. Yeah. And then there are some people, and I won't name them, who grew up saying Ramadan. And yeah. so for them, they're not actually changing anything. Yeah. It's it's not Namaz, it's Salat. It's yeah. not Roza, it's Som. Yeah. It's not Ramzan, it's Ramadan. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that those other things aren't legit. But yeah. for those people that have grown up saying those things, yeah. uh, that's cool. Yeah, I agree. I understand the whole Allah Hafiz, yeah. Khuda Hafiz thing. Yeah. I get it. Like, I, I'm sort of team Khuda Hafiz. Yeah. But I've noticed like 
nobody says Khudafiz anymore. Like my yeah. children say Allah Hafiz. Allah yeah. And I'm wondering where they get it from. Well, they get it from society. Yeah. Society at large has converted it. There's been a conversion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Khuda to Allah, right? Yeah. And so I think uh, I think this is what you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. And um, because you notice the pause after that, right? We we absolutely have to pull the handbrake. Yes. You know, because we're in territory where... Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, just, again, going back to the original point as briefly as I can is that it's become so difficult. Like, when you've got a case such as this, uh, expecting, you know, if somebody, if you've got a couple of lawyers and some are suggesting your strategy is bad, now it becomes you doubt that person's integrity his patriotism and we're seeing this also with um, you know the social media drive to pick up people who are just writing stuff on the net who you know it's not going to damage anything it's free speech but it's troubling that like you say uh, like you know we've discussed that to actually just discuss things and have different opinions is uh, it's sort of become an ad hominem uh, you know, arena in some respects, that the principal merits of discussing something have become slowly more and more difficult. And I'll tell you something. I uh, There's this uh, journalist with Don, Omar Farooq. He, he writes uh, as well, but he once said something to me, and I thought it was a brilliant insight. And this is going to sound odd the first moment you hear it. No, he was just saying, he says, do you know what it is that makes a Pakistani a Pakistani? And I was like, what? Their love of free speech. And then, you know, I became quiet. I thought, oh my God, this is such a, you know, out there. there there's no way there's any truth to this. And he said, let me just explain. He said, our problem is that we haven't articulated free speech as a value. You've seen that, you know, in the West, there are countries, other countries, they do this. When they talk about sort of, say, a national value set, they include, he says, we haven't got that articulation because our articulation of free speech tends to fall into the Western enunciation. Or, and he says, that doesn't fly here. He says, but where? He says, this is one of the greatest unarticulated values of Pakistan. What he said was that, he says, just look, अगर आप पे लिविंग रूम में डिनर पे किसी ने आपकी बक बक बंद कर दी इसे लुक एट 90 परसेंट ऑफ व्हाट वी टॉक अबाउट वी वांट टू डिस्कस पाकिस्तान आइडियाज थिंग्स लाइक दैट देन ही सेड दैट व्हाई हैव इन डिक्टेटरशिप्स प्रॉस्पर्ड ही सेड वी डोंट लुक इनटू इट बट आफ्टर लाइक यू नो अ सर्टेन अमाउंट ऑफ टाइम there is this utter explosion. People haven't forgotten it. They want to exercise it. And it's a very interesting thing that I now accept what he says. He, I think he's got a really fascinating insight that Pakistanis and free speech and this sort of cribbing element that we all have. I mean, this podcast is that, you know, we've got a flourishing TV industry. Uh, print is having an amazing revival these days. I just think that I agree. And now that we see all these moves coming in, and partly the whole aim is just to stifle 
debate. You've got your holy cow. You've got, you know, new holy cows that are being manufactured. And I don't, I, I, I see that it will be successful probably for a certain time. But if we can recognize this as part of the inherent character of Pakistanis, you know, and also the freedom to say things that are incredibly, incredibly irresponsible. Even that's a part of the fabric. So I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but this is something I'm increasingly convinced about. So one of my sort of standard talking points with sort of, you know, foreign visitors, especially sort of in the official arena, has been <clears throat> to assert to them the fact that this is by far the most free Muslim country in the world. Exactly. It, 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 there is no Muslim country on the planet. I mean, somebody... I was, I, made, I was making this point and somebody said Senegal and I said I haven't been so I can't say but does Senegal show up in any major global discussions and, and it, it really doesn't and so you know if people want to make that kind of point there may be some sort of you know random countries that that don't have the burden that Pakistan has the burden of its own weight and its own mistakes and also the burden of the mistakes of others being located where it is and um, I, I couldn't agree with you more I think that it's almost impossible for, uh, I think, maybe one of your friends from PTI. Yeah. <laughs> I told him 4.30. <laughs> um, uh, so, so um, uh, that's not really funny yeah. at one level because yeah. both of my elder kids are sort of in Safian. Yes, I, I don't yeah. know if you, you, we've had this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Now it's out there. So yeah. anyway, um, so the uh, the I think the um, this 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 quality that our society has, this hunger to be free and, and to be expressive. The state has always been scared of this, yeah. and I think it's because of the dishonesty and the I'm going to use this word. I rarely use it. The corruption. Yeah. And by this, I don't mean the 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 hera piri, the chori chakari. Yeah. I mean the corruption in terms of the deliberate skewing of incentives and mechanisms that that relate to institutions in the country. Because of because of that moral lightness, if you will. Yeah. Or or the compromised nature of the state. It's always it's always really scared of a free expression. So Marvi Sarmad has to be has to be an Indian agent because she speaks her mind. And Jibran Nasir, hmm, I like what he's saying, but it's got to be something up with him if he's being that bold, right? Yeah. And 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 it's so bad now because of so much mass media and social media that it's not just a state that's casting aspersions; it's us casting aspersions on each on other. each other all the time. So yeah. even at the height of sort of the post APS togetherness of civil society, yeah. I mean, you were there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was there. We were all together, and a lot of I mean, we were in in many ways on the same page, aligned to the same values, upset about the same thing, and yet it wasn't. It wasn't 10 or 15 minutes after each sort of assembly that, you know, somebody or the other was talking smack about somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And what they were doing was not talking smack like, did you see her nails yeah. or did you see the suit that he was wearing? The talking smack was an impugning of the motives for why people were invested yeah. in those exercises. I think this is part of us growing up together, right, as a society. I, I just want to add people. one thing here. I think one injustice that happened at that period 
is, and we talked to him about it, if you remember, is Gibran Nasser was impugned on that quite often. That's like, kind of what I was yeah, alluding yeah, to. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, uh, you're just like, and whatever. But, you know, on the blogger's case, this guy put his life on the line. He's done it so many times since. I I just think that, you know, we should go back. And then I even on Mashal, he's he's leading, Mashal, he's yeah. leading the effort to for his no, general. Even, even on the Beria Enclave and ARY yeah, case, yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I I think you know whether somebody likes him or dislikes him, right? We can all be you know good or bad in some respect, but I I don't see what more one person can prove. No, but it's but, but that, that's exactly the point. The point of why we wanted to do this, yeah. have this conversation today was it doesn't matter what he proves. Yeah. There will constantly be exactly. a jet stream of invective. Yeah. And more important than the invective, but a constant impugning of the motives. You know, I think in the Kulbushan Jadav case, I have a very close friend who's a very, very good senior lawyer who was doing exactly that in a, in a small private conversation. And, uh, and I said to him that shouldn't you be articulating like our side? And he got really, really angry, right? Like really upset. Uh, I think quite rightly in retrospect from his perspective. But the point I was making is actually, I still stand by that point. I think there's a normative legal angle here, and there's a legitimate analysis we can get into about whether we sh- whether Pakistan handled the Kulbushan Jadav opportunity as best as it could have. Not case opportunity. It's a case now, and India made it a case, right? But it was when he was caught, essentially an opportunity, and it may have been one of the single largest opportunities. If we take everything at face value, and by the way, on these matters. I don't take everything at face value. You should never take everything at face value from the military establishment. But there's enough sort of concurrences for us to believe that there's something off about this guy. He is not just a regular Joe. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, I mean, circumstantially, yeah, yeah. It's, it just doesn't it, fly. It doesn't, it doesn't fly. So once you, if you have a big-time Intel asset, you know, the smartest thing to do would be to extract what you can from him. To go out and destroy whatever work he's he and his associates and the country that he's working for have done, and then engage in a long-term negotiation about what you can extract from the enemy in return for whatever remains of his that you want to hand back. Um, let's not go down this path, but but the point being, there's a way for us to be reasonably robust and critical about the handling of this, that doesn't mean that we're not patriots. That doesn't mean that we're taking India's line. That doesn't mean that we believe India's story on this. That doesn't mean that we don't want Pakistan to win on this case and in every case. But that simply means that if you really want Pakistan to win, then you gotta be better than the way that we've been doing things till now. And the fact that you and I would hesitate having that conversation and the fact that you and I would hesitate having that conversation, that is, is really the point. That's the problem. That's, and I mean, I'll just add two things. I think one is that 
even if you have people in Pakistan, there are people in Pakistan who are fundamentally opposed to the death penalty. Right? There are not that many, but there are a few. And if they've got an issue with it, I think that they should be able to articulate and, you know, without having their motives questioned, people who've had different ideas on the legal strategy, even then, the fact that our decision-making is reflective of, you know, the civil mill uh, problems that we have. But um, at the same time, like, I think an interesting thing that I've noticed online, which I really fear, is the case is predicated, right? What is the thrust that India can give, that there is an immediate threat that he might be hanged before proceedings are over, and that's why they had to go. For us, like, some kids are just so dumb. Trending number one, hang Gulbushan Yadav on the day of the case, right? That doesn't help you, because if you've got 12 judges, we're already India's basic, uh, where I thought that they had done the smart thing was day one, the case was rather decided. If you take it to the ICJ, you've got European judges. Across Europe, they've got a problem with the death penalty. You've already stacked it in your favor by describing it as an attempt at a premeditated judicial murder. And that, that's outside of the merits of the case. Yeah, but, right? but can I say that we're now getting into the nitty-gritty of the case, and I yeah. I strongly disagree with, with yeah. some of what the way that you're yeah. framing it. For, yeah. Because for me, first of all, India's not really contesting in the first instance the death penalty or his life. They're, no, no, I agree. And they're, that's they're, pleading, they're pleading for counselor yeah, access. But when they're talking about, before the case, when they were talking about the principal objection, I'm just wondering, is that if we're looking at strategy, the strategy where they, they would have had an idea whether we want to take this to the ICJ or not, just framing it in that respect, because when you look at a case coming forward, they also look at what's happened in the preceding days of the case. So, They've put in a shroud, even though they're arguing for something else entirely. But the point being is that ultimately, um, right now, just being able to discuss even normal issues such as this, I see how it's contested between both countries. We've got a view. They've got a view. But um, the way that everyone is suddenly being put down, and I think not being able to discuss... like. Emotion has gone off the charts. Ultimately, when you're discussing it with a third party, you're going to have to look at all the cons. Like if, if, for example, somebody says, well, the way you're doing it makes your case weak, and then somebody says, how dare you say we're weak, yeah. right? There's no way you can go beyond that. You can't and have a discussion. You can't have that discussion. And the problem is that that discussion is really important actually to ultimately make a strong case. Well, so, I mean, there's two or three elements here. One is, um, I said this to somebody the other day, never attribute to conspiracy what you, what you can explain through stupidity. Yeah. It's like a life principle for me. Yeah. Don't attribute to conspiracy what you can aspire or what you can ascribe to stupidity. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that international law is like, it is like brain surgery. It's very complicated. Um, and I've kind of had an interesting reminder of it because I've tried to do my homework on this. And despite, despite I can't having, follow it. No. So There's I followed it closely. So yeah. I had, I got, 
I found the 2008 Counselor Agreement um, on my own. I found the 1960 Declaration to the ICJ on my own. What, where I've struggled is the Vienna Convention yeah. and which part of the Vienna Convention is the basis of the core of the provisional measures that have been announced. Yeah. Having said all this, I do think Pakistan has an opportunity. Yeah. I do think that a good uh, legal strategy and a good argumentation before the judges is really, and particularly if he really is as bad as, as we say he is, and if we have more than what we've seen, and I'm absolutely sure we have more than that, we're going to have a chance to describe in great detail the, the lengths that India has gone to officially to undermine peace and stability in our country. But, you know, there's an element of nationalist, nationalistic pride or vigor in which I want to see Pakistan win at The Hague. And there's an element of just basic human decency that I feel dies in, in, that, in that vector. And that is that, okay, so Pakistan wins. And what we end up doing is we end up Mumbaiizing Pakistan. But I, what I mean by that is until 2008, when the Mumbai terror attacks took place, I think it was relatively easy for Pakistanis and Indians to both claim that the people on both sides of the border were relatively pro-each other and relatively pro-normalization. And it was really the states and some non-state actors that were at the forefront of keeping things as they were between the two countries. But after Mumbai, the Indian public, and, and we all, I always blame the Indian media, but really the Indian media was feeding a particular kind of narrative in India. The Indian public at large and the Indian media became parties to the interstate conflict that has lasted 70 years. If Pakistan was to was to be able to articulate this case well and really like prove that this is what India was doing, it's going to set back the positive political consensus in this country for normalization with India by a quarter century. And to me, the great cost of the Kulbushan Yadav is, of course, the, the terror, again, assuming absolutely everything to be correct, what we're claiming as, as Pakistan, of course it's terrible that he's been behind terror. And of course he should pay the price and everything. All of those things being as they may. But the larger, medium and long-term loss is actually, it's an irreparable loss. I, I just think that is a fascinating way of looking at this. It's really interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that before. I also think that, again, so, so this is sort of my... The thing that worries me is that we're seeing increasingly over the past two, three years of the government, even the armed forces, responding to popular opinion, which effectively straitjackets you. Yep. Now, now, this thing that you just said, right, this is never, ever in 100 years going to gain popular credence. And then you wonder, I mean, like, we, if you're going to war game something or if you're going to think out, you know, the game theory behind every possible decision and every result, but if you're using emotion to chunk out 90% of it, whereas the last 10% is utterly and overwhelmingly based on a lot of optimism that things will go your way, that's a terrible way to run things. So I, this is the worry that I genuinely have is that uh, if you have an idea like this, 
just as, you know, what does this do? What does this take us, you know, how do we work this out? Even now, once you stoke the public, when you stoke the public, you're getting the public on your side for a certain something, but you're also shutting the nine other doors that you might have to use at some point in the future. And, you know, we've seen this with the tweet, we've seen this with a number of other things. So I agree, and I think it's not a good place to be in. And it's one of the worries that I genuinely have is that, you know, even when you're picking up people on social media, you know, the list of 30 people or 21 people, like, what have they really done, right? Uh, what danger has it put, what has it... I, I, I mean, know. they I, apparently haven't arrested the guy that was behind the Mashal Khan murder. An exactly. Actual, an actual murder in which yeah. a human being and a citizen of this country and a Muslim yeah. was torn apart limb by limb on video. But these guys, and assuming they, they were calling, the, they were saying unpleasant things. Yeah. And you know that I'm not in favor. We neither of us is in yeah. favor of those. I mean, I think we both are. We love this country. We love our armed forces. We love our troops. We, especially the guys on the front line. We love the idea that we have military leaders and civilian leaders that are running, trying their best. Hopefully, you know they make mistakes. We criticize them, but you know, like we're 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 very forgiving people and yeah. fair people. And so, if somebody is calling them names. I, I disagree with that. I, yeah. I don't like when people call... They don't need to go to jail But, but for do that? they need to go to jail? I mean, yeah. and, and some of these guys, by the way, I was looking through the list because yeah. I finally saw the list. I mean, some of those guys, I mean, they call me names. I, yeah. I, I, went, I went to sort of, I was going to tag somebody and I yeah. discovered that I had the person blocked, right. which means, and the only time I ever block anyone is if there's, you yeah. know... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there may be other cases too, but yeah. by and large, that's the... And I was thinking, you know, TK. But that's like, what you do. You block them. You don't send them to <laughs> bloody jail. No, no, I, no, no. But I'm saying, yeah. yaar, like I'm saying, TK. Isne, isne army ko gali di. Isne mujhe bhi gali di. Isne fasi ko bhi gali di. Lekin yaar galiyan de raha na. Ha. I mean, big. Uh, by the way, that's here's the larger question. Ye kyun galiyan de raha? Why are these young people so angry? And yeah. why do they have such large audiences? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because we haven't allowed these kids to dream in 4K. Yeah. We never even allowed them to dream in goddamn HD, Fussy. Mm -hmm. These kids didn't have a shot in hell at ever ending up at Goldman Sachs or ending up at McKinsey or ending up at Hubgo or ending up at Engro or ending up at goddamn Lums to study something. These yeah. kids never had a shot. Yeah. And that's why they're angry. They're angry because all around them, they see 80,000 rupee phones yeah. and they see 3 million rupee cars and they don't have a chance in hell of, of partaking in, in this. Yeah. And so they lash out yeah. once in a while. And I, I mean, and, and, and I'm not yeah. endorsing it. Yeah. They're lashing out because yeah. we failed them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I also think, I mean, and secondly, there's, look, we, I also think, okay, this is going to be odd to explain this, but there's now a compact between the citizen and the state and the army and the citizen and the citizen and, you know, which is that you, you can say certain stuff, but you have to say it this way. You know, we do it on the podcast, you do it on TV, even when you write, we all are self-censoring, right? And that, by the way, also has to do with having a certain knowledge of, and a certain access, and maybe even, you know, uh, a certain privilege, 
And we, you know, I, I might not even disagree with many of the people, you know, the, I have a point of view on civil military relations. I have a point on you on, you know, where I want the country to go to. And, and then, you know, picking off people who, you know, again, we might disagree with how it's being done, but there's, they also have an integrity. You know, they don't hate the country. They don't hate whatever. How can, how can you? What, yeah. How can you hate the country you're from? If yeah. you're angry and, oh, God, you're, you're, you, yeah. because it's because you want more. Yeah. Now, I don't like it. Yeah. And I, I, I actually end up muting people that are, like, too white hot out, outrage. I, yeah. I can't. I don't. It's, it's not my style. I, yeah. I can't. You know, I, I just have trouble dealing with it. But that doesn't just, like, just mute them. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to them. Yeah. Or go and talk to them. Yeah. Do a seminar. Yeah. Get these kids in a room and say, hey, why are you calling this guy this guy names? Yeah. Is there something we can do to, to, to make yeah. you feel? Like, here's the other part. I mean, right now we're saying we agree we shouldn't call the army chief names. Yeah. But Nawaz Sharif said, Call Zardari whatever you want, Nawaz Sharif whatever you want, Imran Khan whatever because the because the no, yeah, the Nunis the Nunis call Imran Khan all sorts of names. Yeah. So and it's so, fundamentally unfair. No, of course, yeah. and, and we and there's been a habit, and I'm probably as guilty of it as anyone else, where there's a specific sort of insafianization yeah. of a certain thing, but it's not just insafis. A and P ke mare nojwan jo hai, I mean they they're the angriest sort of brothers you know on the on the planet when when it's their issue. The insafians are the angriest when it's their yeah. issue. The Nunis are the angriest when it's their issue. The the MQM valas, uh, the, yeah. the APMSO boys. So the point is, those po- po- politicians can be called anything and everything. Yeah. And there can be WhatsApp factories of WhatsApp messaging yeah. around the, the traitorness or the, the patriotism of yeah. an elected prime minister. But, you know, you throw out a few questions to the army chief wrongly. I, I think it's wrong that they're doing this. But you throw out a few tweets about the army chief and suddenly you're going to get picked up by the FIA? It's ridiculous. What is this? this? So... um, And I'll tell you one more thing. I think... I think given four more, five more years, right? I think because social media is new, we're learning the socialization elements. It's interesting when somebody's like totally at you on social media and by mistake he meets you in real life. And then what happens? And, and it changes. Like, no, on social media they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And then yeah. you meet them, and it's like, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yeah. But after, but after that, they're fine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because they don't see people as real people until they meet them, and then, and maybe four or five years signs. But my greatest fear is the way we're going now is that we might turn off the taps before we can actually get to that stage, and that's ridiculous. That's that is what will make this country weak. What do you mean, turn off the taps? We're already seeing the kind of crackdown we're having. You know, Turkey's doing it. Other countries are. They're going that way. And This ain't never going to be Turkey. It ain't never going to be China. It ain't never going to be India. It ain't never going to be America or Saudi or Iran. This is Pakistan, baby. We're too many nations. We are a multinational state. You are the nation of Pakhtunwali. Right? And I'm a different nation from you. And I love you, bro. Right? But we are two different nations. And I couldn't couldn't be prouder of the fact that we live as one country in one state and that we're equally pissed off with the same people about the same stuff. That's what makes us beautiful. They'll never make us into Turkey or yeah. Russia or China or Iran or, or any other country. We're always going to be this country and we got to keep being better at yeah. being this country. 
Absolutely. And I, let's just hope, right? I, I, I have a sense of fear these days. Don't be, don't be scared. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm dead serious. Really? No, I, I, the Ramadan brings with it sort yeah. of a lot of barakah yeah. and the blessings of God and uh, may all the blessings of God be, well, may, may God bless everywhere in every country, but especially our country and our Absolutely. people. Absolutely. All right. So, everyone, thank you once again and thank you, Musharraf. It was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Fasi Saka. Thank, okay. uh, thank you for spending the, spending the time. Okay, all right. Then. Talk to you soon, everyone. Khudafiz. All right, goodbye. <laughs>